Thank you for tuning in to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to turn your headphones up or your radio up or your stereo, whatever it is, wherever you are, and just take a little time to listen. I really appreciate it. I hope you will also like, follow, share, and download this episode and all those good, wonderful social media things that you're supposed to do with podcasts. For more information about this little podcast here and your host, that's me, I'm Karen, go to womaninspired.com. So today's episode is titled Adventus, Grabbing Hold of Joy. And of course, we shall start out with a few pod quotes. For those of you who are unaware, I start each podcast episode with a few quotes, scripture, or little sayings I find applicable that have moved me or made me laugh that, that I in turn like to share with my listeners. That's you. Okay, here we go. These are both by, I have no idea. They're unknown. I tried to find out. No one would let me know. (laughs) Okay, here it is. Here's the first one. Love it. Joy is the happiness that doesn't depend on what's happening around you. I've said for years and years, being happy is about what's happening. Joy is something much deeper than that. So I love this quote. Joy is the happiness that doesn't depend on what's happening around you. Here's another one. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. All right. So thank you for having me here uh, in your ears to (laughs) share with you um, a little bit about Advent. That's what we're talking about today, Adventus. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I love to help my family, myself, others usher in a beautiful Advent season every year. I didn't used to. <laughs> I didn't used to. I would kind of sometimes go grumbling into the holiday. I'm not sure if you're like that or not. I wasn't necessarily a Grinch, but it would take me a while to get on the bandwagon. When I told someone recently that I was going to be speaking at an event coming up, um, and the the t- the event was an Advent uh, kickoff, and the theme was living in joyful expectation. And they asked me what Advent was. And I'm sure I kind of had this perplexed kind of, are you kidding me? Look on my face. And then I thought, oh, Karen, no, don't do that. Because I've been in ministry for well over 20 years, as well as worked in churches for 20 plus years. So much of my life has been spent in the body of Christ and and, and in the church, you know, in a church building as part of staff. And so I forget there are people who don't know what Advent is and, and even don't know who Jesus is, unfortunately. And some people are who they know who Jesus is. They are in different places on their journey with the Lord and not every denomination actually celebrates Advent. So I had to back up a little bit and say, oh, okay, well, let me share with you what Advent is. And even though it's pretty simple, I kind of struggled for a minute there because I had to bring myself back to the basics of Advent and not describe what we do at Advent in a church setting. You know, I had to go back to the simplicity of it, the true purpose and meaning of Advent. Instead of talking about the candles and the lights, the decorations, the various kinds of services and the scriptures we use during each week and the traditions that we have leading up to Christmas. So I felt like I had to peel back all the trappings and traditions. And I thought, I know who said it best. 
the Grinch. He said, Christmas came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And then he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas perhaps means a little bit more? Yes, I just quoted the Grinch. Okay. What I ended up sharing with this woman was about how the four weeks of Advent represented hope, love, joy, and peace. And I also shared with her that the word Advent, just simply put, it's the period of before sun, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the period before Christmas. It's, it's the four weeks, uh, the four Sundays before Christmas that are observed by Christians with prayer and celebration. That, that's, that's really what our Advent time is, is. It's just a season of celebration and prayer leading up to. But I'm, I'm wondering if you know that the word Advent actually comes from the Latin word Adventus, which literally means the arrival of a notable person or event. The arrival of a notable person or event. And in this case, in Christian theological definitions, it means the arrival of the event that is the coming of Christ. So there is no one more notable than Jesus Christ, right? I mean, there may be some celebrities and politicians who think they are, but we know better. <clears throat> no one is more notable and more worthy of us setting time aside to honor and praise than Jesus Christ. So I shared with this woman about how I would be talking with uh, people coming up at an event about living in joyful expectation. That's what the Holy Spirit put on my heart to share. And so as we usher in the Advent season, it's important that we live in joyful expectation. And this precious woman who, who she looked like she had it all together. Her hair was done just so, her makeup on, gorgeous fingernails, beautiful outfit. She looked me right in the eyes and said, what's there to be joyful about? Oh, yeah. She said, I look around the world and I see all the tragedy that's happening. I see the, the long fought wars and the new wars starting, the violence and terrorism, fanatics screaming at each other in the streets, social media being taken over by hatred and so many things taken too far. I'm afraid to send my children to school. My dad passed away recently. My marriage is in a very difficult place. I don't know how to expect anything joyful anymore. Whoa. Yeah. That's quite a response, isn't it? But maybe it's not unlike what a lot of people are thinking today. You know, she's not the only one, is she? Do you feel that way? Have you ever felt that way? Like, oh, Jesus, just come now because let's make this the last and final Advent celebration because I'm having a hard time finding my joy and my ability to live with hope and the expectancy of beautiful things. It, it, it's getting smaller and smaller in my life all the time. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is from Luke 2, 10 and 11. And it says, and the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. This was the proclamation to all people, the proclamation of good news. This was the Adventist the arrival of Jesus Christ. The angel told us not to fear because the news is good and the news is great joy. In those days, people were desperately waiting for the Messiah to arrive, for their Savior, for the Adventists. And in many ways, 
we're in the same position today. We are waiting for his return for the second Adventus, the arrival of the most notable and divine of all. The truth that he is coming again is the only reason why my heart and soul are able to live with joyful expectation. In John 14, 2 through 3, Jesus told his disciples, In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. That will be the second Adventus. In celebrating this Advent, this one, this one right now, that we're getting ready to go into this Advent season, we're, we're celebrating the first Advent, the first coming. That's what we're doing. That's what Advent is. We're celebrating the joyful birth of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we are reminding ourselves that Adventus will happen again, that he will come again. So what I shared with that precious woman and, and what I want to share with you all is that first and foremost, foremost we, we were told by an angel, just as it's quoted in Luke 2, that there is good news of great joy. That good news has not changed Jesus arrived. He was born. He walked the earth. He performed miracles. He brought us hope and wisdom and lessons and love. And then he died on a cross for all of us. But he was risen and he ascended. And the great news, the most amazing, joyful news is that he is coming again. You know, did you know that the Old and the New Testament are full of promises about the return of Jesus Christ? There are over something like 1,800 references in the Old Testament about it, and more than 300 passages about the Lord's return in the New Testament alone. That's one out of every 30 verses. So, no, we aren't waiting as the people back then did, waiting for the Messiah to be born and waiting for a sign or an angel to appear. We don't have to follow the North Star to the place where Jesus was laid, you know, expecting to see the newborn king. But we are waiting for his return. And this truth is what we have to live in joyful expectation of. But even with that knowledge, I didn't just sympathize with this woman who had this lack of joy. I was able to empathize with her because I get it. She was right. When you look around the world today, it's so easy to let the joy of anything slip through your hands. When you're facing rising costs of, of everything, quality medical and mental health care getting harder to come by, violence is on the rise, news of war and terrorism is everywhere, and a fake world of constant rated R and X social media keeps being shoved in our faces. How can we wrap our brains around expecting something joyful? When this is what's in our presence all the time, when time and time again, stress and strain and pain and problems attack our relationships, how can we expect something joyful? This is why so many people just slip into a state of going through the motions and slap on a holiday smile across their faces as they fake it through the holidays. I'm guilty of doing that in the past. So how do we change that attitude and where can we find our joy? The answer is in Advent. Because if we live with a constant Advent mindset, remember, Adventist means the arrival of the event that is the coming of Christ, the most notable and divine arrival ever. If we live with that expectancy in our minds, on our hearts, and in our soul, 
perpetually, day in, day out, holiday or no holiday, reminding ourselves of the knowledge and joyful expectation of his return, no matter what's going on in the world around us and in our own personal lives, then it changes everything. It changes the way we see every little thing and how we deal with it. You see, the answer, it just simply lies in choosing to believe in the first and second advent. Believing in the truth of what we celebrate over the next four weeks to come, which is the birth of the newborn king, that we and the second coming of him and him alone, who is seated at the right hand of the Father. Because if you believe that we have a Savior in Jesus Christ, then the question of how in the world can we live with joyful expectation is already answered. The Bible tells us that he is our joy. Psalm 43, 4 says, I will go to the altar of God, who is my exceeding joy. And Nehemiah 18, or excuse me, Nehemiah 8, 10 says, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. One of the names of God um, in, in the Bible is El Simcha Gili, El Simcha Gili, which is a Hebrew name and it means God, my exceeding joy. He is our joy. So when we don't feel joy for all the many reasons there truly are in this world not to feel joyful, it's still our choice. It's not because joy isn't available to us and it's not because the reality of who the Lord isn't is isn't real. It, he is very real. It's because we let all those other things cloud our vision. We don't see the joy. We don't feel the joy. We're insulated inside a cocoon of all the stuff of the world. I've been in that place before, unable to see the joy, unable to feel the presence of God in the midst of all the things going on in my life. I have learned though, that joy is not an option. It's not optional. It's just not. It is essential. Our chief mission is to glorify God. And we can't do that if we don't see him worth glorifying. If we only go through the motions and we live without understanding that he is our joy, he is our El Simta Gili, our exceeding joy, then we cannot glorify him. You see, our joy is not for us. It's actually for him because when we feel joy, we will glorify him. We just get the amazing side effects of that joy and what it does for us in our own lives, which is pretty amazing, don't you think? It is a gift, but it is not really optional as a Christian whether or not you receive it. Because if you want to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, then it is essential. If you have lost your joy and you feel that you can't face this Advent season with joyful expectation, I understand it. I get it. Let me share with you a few ways to help you get your joy back. Number one, disengage. That's right, disengage. The only way we're able to move past the constant onslaught of negative images and news that come our way is to turn it off and disengage. By that, I mean, shut off the TV. Stop listening to that news report. Put down the paper. Put your head uh, someplace else other than in Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Give your brain a break. It needs it. So many of us have gotten ourselves caught up in a world where our phones have become an extension of our flesh. And through these little cyber tracking computers that are attached to so many of us now, we're being bombarded with real and fake trauma 
X-rated images, subliminal marketing messages, and temptations. All of that stuff easily blocks our spiritual vision. And when the majority of what we see is laced with all the evil in the world, it's extremely difficult to see God in it and feel his joy. I mean, gosh, you can't get away from being bombarded with messages and, and info you don't even want, even if you're not fully engaging in social media, right? One time my husband and I were having a discussion about what we needed to get at the store. And he said, don't forget the emodium. 15 minutes later, he picked up his phone, which was just sitting next to him the whole time. And he Googled something that he was looking up and an ad popped up. He looked at me and said, how does my phone know I have irritable bowel syndrome? So yeah, that happens. So engaging or I mean, so disengaging can mean not just limiting your time on social media and news or, or only allowing certain times to read the news and look at current events. It could also mean shutting your phone off for a while every day. Number two, engage. You had disengage. Now we're going to engage, engage in all things scriptural. If you've gotten in the habit of only opening your Bible on Sundays, correct your course and start working on a daily habit. Whether you start December 1st by reading through the story of Jesus' birth for Advent, or you decide to choose the Gospels or Ephesians or Hebrews, choose one, start it, read it a little bit every day, even if just for a few minutes a day. Because the more we immerse ourselves in truth, the more the lies will fade. You know what I mean? The lies that Satan and the world want to tell us about our lives and our circumstances. The lies I started to believe at one point, much like the woman I was talking to about joy. The lie that because there is so much pain in the world and war and terrorism, disagreements and family member problems, financial problems, health issues, then there is no room or reason for joy. That lie. I found myself a few years ago fully engaging in the lies instead of the truth. The lies that told me I wasn't good enough to do what God called me to do. That I weighed too much. I wasn't pretty enough. I didn't have enough money, enough connections, the right friends. The lies that made me let go of my joy. Which in turn made me weak, not strong. Because the truth is, joy is our strength. But the less we engage in the truth that's in his word, the more we engage in those lies, the lies that the world tells us about ourselves, about our churches, our community, and our family, and the more miserable we become because of it. So the only way to combat the lie that tells us that all the sad, the bad, the negative and hurtful things of the world are what truly matters is to immerse ourselves in the truth, the truth, the truth that a baby was born of a virgin birth in a manger to be our savior. And he is coming again. And the only way to keep our forgetful human brains fully engaged in that truth is to read the scriptures. Don't just rely on someone else telling you about them. Read them for yourself. Number three, remember. And what do I mean by that? I mean, make it a point to remember the things, the people, the events, and the moments that are sacred to you that have blessed you, that matter to you. It's easy when we're running around fulfilling our ever-growing to-do lists to forget what's truly important. And as you're out there slapping on your ugly Christmas sweater and your gotta-look-happy-no-matter-what holiday smile, it's even easier to become resentful and not seek joy. Resentful that you agreed to do more than you should have, maybe? 
<laughs> resentful that you feel obligated to buy this gift and attend that function when all the while you just don't feel up to doing any of it because you haven't been living in joyful expectation in a very long time. You've been living in angry dread or maybe resentful aggravation. Does that sound familiar to anyone? You know, you go about doing this and that for others, knowing you're supposed to do it with joy and with love, but all the while you're resenting it, frustrated by it. Instead of seeing the beauty and joy in your holiday to-do list, you see it as a worldly extension of more reasons to feel anything but joyful. But this is the time to remember. Whether you have to sit in quiet solitude and speak it out to God, or get a pad of paper and a pen, or speak it into your notes app on your phone, just do it. Make not another to-do list, but a list of the why and the who. The memories. Who is important to you? Why are they important to you? Who do you cherish? Is it your child, a, a close friend, your brother, your sister, a parent, a grandparent, your spouse? Allow yourself to shut out the holiday to-do list and create a list of memories. What has God done for you? Where have you been blessed? How has he blessed you? Who has he blessed you with? Maybe you're thankful for your home, your job, your car, your family members, or at least some of them. <laughs> your church, your dog, your cat. Allow yourself to remember, and then write it down, even if you speak it out to God, which is beautiful in itself. But I still encourage you, even if you speak it out to God, to write it down and come back to it every day, if need be. But have it handy and keep it with you to remind you. Number four, bestow. We had disengage, engage, remember, and now bestow. What do I mean by bestow? I mean, honor someone else. Gift them with something. Bestow upon someone else your love, your time, something you make for them or do for them. Not because it's an obligation, but because you want to be of service to them and you want to show them love. Cook for someone else. Buy them a gift. Go clean their house. Call them and spend time listening to them. When we bestow upon others something of ourselves, we not only honor them, but we honor God. Being in service to others brings glory to God and reminds us of his joy. Philippians 2, 1-4 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. If you do each of these things, disengage from the head traffic and worldly noise that com competes for your feelings and your attention, if you engage with the word of God and his truth, you remember your blessings and you bestow blessings and service on other people, you will without a doubt find yourself in a place where you naturally start to embrace a constant attitude of Adventus, living with the joyful expectation of his return. Not just during Christmas as we observe the first Advent, but each and every day. My hope and prayer for each of you is that you will choose to embrace that expectancy of his return, to walk in a state of perpetual Adventus, embracing the anticipation, the excitement and joy of his return and of his blessings, because it makes us realize that all this stuff of earth is just that. It's just 
stuff. It's not eternal. It's not everlasting. It's real and it can be hard to manage, but it is not the full picture. Like the list of worries that that precious woman shared with me and your list and my list, you know, the ones we mentally make that are filled with all the reasons not to embrace joy, where we detail every nitty gritty hurt we know of, the lists and the worries, the pain and the fears that keep us from choosing joy, the things we can't control. They're real, but, but they are not the totality of what's going on in the world. They are not the full picture. Evil will always try to keep us from expecting anything beautiful or good. Evil will remind you of those lists, that that head traffic and self-talk that tells you you're not good enough and the lies whispered to you that your clothes aren't nice enough, your Christmas tree isn't perfect, you you haven't spent enough money on people and, and for all those reasons and more, evil will tell you that you cannot embrace joy now or ever And you can't expect it to come either. But those are lies. So let us focus on the truths we know to be sure and eternal. 100% without a doubt that Jesus was born. Our Messiah came. He lived the life he was called to live. And even though he didn't have to, he died on the cross for us. He was risen. And he ascended. And he will return. Adventus. Let us strive to live in joyful expectation of the, the weeks of Advent celebration to come, of the blessings of the birth of the most, the absolute most, divine and notable arrival there has ever been, and in joyful expectation and jubilation of his return. And in that, I pray you will be living in joyful expectation. Thank you so much. I hope you have a blessed week and you can wrap yourself in the joy of celebrating Advent and the Advent to come. 